KYW Original Podcasts. This is a Flashpoint Extra. I'm Flashpoint host, Cherry Gregg. Hey, everybody. So I decided to do this story on what to do if someone gets shot and how to provide critical first aid to keep that person alive until police, until EMTs can arrive on the scene. The impetus of the story came from a video that someone sent me. Um, The video had been posted to IG, and what it showed was the aftermath of a drive-by in West Philadelphia. I checked it out, and it was actually a 20-year-old man who lied on the ground um, near a trolley stop. He had gunshots to the chest and to the neck, uh, and he was bleeding critically. Uh, A lot of people were around. They called 911, but there was a lot of confusion as to what to do. In fact, at one point, the victim attempted to roll over and his friends held him down. And that, I found out later, could have been life-threatening. So what I did, uh, I went over to Temple University Hospital. I met with a man by the name of Scott Charles. He is the co-director of a program called Fighting Chance. They go into communities that have high crime areas and they teach citizens, ordinary civilians, grandma, grandpas, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers, provide first aid that can stop the bleeding in a gunshot situation so that the person can get to the hospital and it gives the doctor something to work with. So take a listen to my one-on-one interview with Scott Charles of the Fighting Chance program. Also, be sure to check out our video at kywnewsradio.com slash Flashpoint. We have full step-by-step of some basic first aid techniques you can employ in case someone nearby gets shot and you want to help save a life. So I'm Scott Charles. I'm the Trauma Outreach Coordinator, and I work with gunshot victims here at Temple. That's primarily what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so to try to connect gunshot victims to resources um, and to support their families uh, and themselves uh, once they've survived their injuries. Yeah, so you also have an organization or a program called A Fighting Chance. Right. What is that program? So Fighting Chance was a program that um, was created in conjunction with the emergency department, so Temple Trauma and Temple Emergency created this program together to help teach uh, individuals in communities that are hardest hit by gun violence how to help each other and how to stop bleeding in those critical moments. Um, so uh, Dr. Tim Bryan, uh, who works for the emergency department, and I got together and came up with essentially a curriculum that would help lay people save each other's lives. How critical are those moments between the time the gunshot happens, the injury, and the, the EMT arrival, police arrival? It, it's all critical. Um, if you have a victim who's suffering an arterial injury, uh, he or she can bleed out within a matter of minutes. Um, And the goal is to have those gunshot patients arrive at hospitals with some type of physiologic reserve so that they have some blood in them so that the doctors have something to work with. But too often what ends up happening is you have injuries that would otherwise be survivable, but because nobody um, engages in any kind of intervention, those patients essentially bleed out um, and it's unnecessary. And so what we want to do is to try to prevent those uh, deaths when possible, simply by giving um, neighbors the most basic tools. 
And so tell me how you get this, the word out. How do you take regular folk, so yeah, grandmas, grandpas, yeah. aunts, aunties, all So we, we work a lot with community groups. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes we get requests from churches, um, from uh, parent groups through schools. Um, and we will, uh, you know, they get the word out. They arrange the, the trainings and we bring our team out. It's all volunteer nurses and doctors and we go out into the communities and the training takes about two hours from start to finish. Um, and despite the grim nature of, of the topic, uh, it ends up being a lot of fun. So you end up having neighbors who might not have seen one another for months or in some cases years coming together and they're learning life-saving skills um, and getting to you know, do hands-on uh, skills training. So give me the laundry, if you were to give me the laundry oh, list. Oh, so sorry. laundry list and we'll yeah. go into details sure, sure. Uh, later but if you were to give me the laundry list of the, of the types of uh, things that people learn in one of these courses tell me right. what they would right so the uh, participants will go through kind of a series of, of training modules um, where they'll learn things like uh, pressure points you know where ways that you can you know where are the places on your body where we can stop the bleeding just using your hands for instance um, so where are the arteries? They learn that. Um, they'll learn how to use sophisticated tourniquets like the soft T tourniquet or what's called the combat application tourniquet, um, which are uh, you know everywhere right now. Um, but if they don't have those available to them, what are the things on you or around you that you can use like t-shirts? You know, how do you rip a t-shirt or how do you use a headscarf? Um, and turn that into a tourniquet that can help stop bleeding. We teach them things like um, being placed in what we call the recovery position or also called the positional airway so that a uh, gunshot patient isn't choking on his or her blood. And um, soft, we also teach them how to do safe lifts and carries. So if a patient is in, a, in the middle of the street um, and is in danger of being struck by a car or is in the way of potential gunfire and you want to move that patient out of the way, we teach folks how to uh, do what we call safe lifts and carries. Wonderful. And so this can literally be the difference between surviving the gunshot wound or not making it. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, you know, there there's some gunshot injuries that there's only so much that you're going to be able to do. But there are a lot of uh, gunshots to the extremities where all you have to do is um, even when you you're not sure. Um, to put a tourniquet on that person and to try to stop the bleeding as best you can. Now, there are there wounds that you should avoid interfering with if you see someone shot in a certain place. Should you just stay away or call not? I mean, first of all, you should right. call nine one one. Right. You obviously you get help there as soon as possible. But one of the things that makes Philadelphia unique is that Philadelphia police officers transport a tremendous number of gunshot victims. There aren't many major cities that allow that to happen. Not only is it allowed, it's encouraged here in Philadelphia. So you're not talking about having a lot of time out there. Um, so it's really those extremity injuries that we want to focus on, um, trying to stop the bleeding from the arms and to the legs. Um, there are gunshot injuries to the torso that are much more difficult to, to try to render uh, aid to. Um, but you know, for the for the purposes of this demonstration and for the purposes of what we train uh, in the community, we're really focusing primarily on the extremities. Yeah, and so if somebody, um, I want to show you a video. Yeah, absolutely. That went um, that that was sent to me. It kind of had like 
you know, almost 70,000 views or something <clears throat> mm -hmm. on Instagram yeah. of a shooting. Yeah. And so I just want to warn you yeah, yeah. of a shooting. Uh, 42nd and Gerard. I'm not sure if the young man, it was a 20 year old man. I've reached out to police. They won't give me, mm -hmm. they can't give me the update. But I'll just show you. This is a typical response. As you can see. Sorry to show you a graphic video like that. This young man was able to make it to the hospital. Mm -hmm. He was still alive. Mm -hmm. He was in critical condition. Shot in like the neck and the and the chest. Mm -hmm. um, as you can see, like yeah. he was bleeding. Right. They thought he was in the face because of of the blood of being on his right. face. But you saw most of the people didn't know what to do. Right. Right. And they're moving him around in places that may have made it worse. I don't right. know. Right. But to me, when this video was sent to me, immediately I'm thinking, this is at a bus stop. Right. It was a drive-by, two people were shot, uh, one person grazed and they were fine, but this could happen to anybody. Right. W one of the things that, that stood out for me is, you notice when the police officer shows up mm -hmm. and he's wrestling to get his gloves on and then he just abandons that. And that's one of the things that's so interesting is, you know, this isn't meant as a, you know, endorsement of police or anything or being critical of police, certainly. but. What you see is in that moment, they just they stop thinking about themselves, and he's like just trying to get this patient into to the car. Mm -hmm. um, and people don't think about that, how often they're the ones who are responsible for transporting gun victims and how they put themselves at risk to do that. Because he doesn't know this young man. He doesn't know anything everywhere. about it. Yeah, and he's There's just, he abandoned, he's literally just trying to save that kid's life. The other thing is, one of the reasons we teach the, the recovery position is, um, you know, we have a young man who works with us um, who counsels gunshot victims. Mm -hmm. And he talks, he was a Temple student when he was shot yeah. uh, himself. And he talks about how his friends didn't know what to do and how um, in that moment he's choking on his own blood and they're trying to force him to stay on his back and they were, you know, saying don't move, don't move. And a lot of times gunshot patients will instinctively try to roll over to, to save themselves. Um, and a lot of times it's counterproductive to try to hold them down um, so that they're choking, you know, they're forcing them on their back so that they can't breathe, which is what it appeared like. The, yeah, the he was trying to turn over. Trying to save to, 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 So save he, it himself, was shot yeah. in the neck. Yeah. So that he could breathe. And get the blood out of his, uh, out of his, his throat. Mouth, and throat. they're kind of forcing him on his back. So, you know, that's one of the things that we want to teach is why putting people in the recovery position is, is so beneficial and so helpful. Um, and I'm happy to demonstrate it yeah. um, here. Um, and the reason why I'm happy to do it is because I myself am no content expert. I'm essentially a layperson who's just been trained just like anybody else. The person to have here doing it is is not here, Dr. Tim Bryan. Um, but I've been trained in this so that I can train others. And ideally what we want to do is to provide that training to communities so that they can turn around and train it to one another. Um, mm -hmm. So that we have a critical number of people in Philadelphia who know how to help each other. Because I always wonder, like... You know, you I've covered the aftermath of shootings at 
cookouts. Right, right. Um, where, you know, you're at a cookout. I, I'm an aunt of a, of a young um, teenager. I can imagine a few years he graduates high school right. and you're throwing him a party right. and someone sprays the entire party right. in your backyard. Right. And, you know, you want to be able to help these kids that you invited to your home so that no one dies. Absolutely. Or at least give them a fighting chance, right. Right. like the name of the program. Yeah to have a, another day to live. And so um, that's why we're doing this. Yeah. So I appreciate it. And is there anything else you'd like for people to know uh, specifically before we walk through um, some of the tools here and then give some examples of, of some of the things that sure. people can do if, sure. if something? I think one of, the, one of the first things I want to stress, and we get this question a lot, is can I get in trouble for trying to help somebody? Mm -hmm. um, am I putting myself at some kind of, you know, legal risk of doing this and you're not you know Pennsylvania has what we call the Good Samaritan law mm -hmm. which means that as long as you're acting in good faith and you're trying to help somebody um, you're not going to be held liable if this person doesn't make it and kind of related to that is the bullet has done most of the damage mm -hmm. and there's not much you're going to do um, to to hurt this person if you're doing the things that we're teaching you. Again, if you're trying to kind of keep somebody on their back and they're trying to clear their airway, yeah, that's harmful. But what we're going to teach is how to prevent that from happening. Um, and by simply tying a tourniquet, um, when a police officer is going to transport that victim to a hospital and that victim is going to get to a hospital within a matter of minutes, there's really no harm that a tourniquet is ever going to do. You may save somebody's arm or you're leg. Not only arms or legs, what you don't understand is that when you have a patient who's completely bled out from an arm or from a leg injury, the types of interventions that they're going to have to do to try to save that victim's life once they bled out, those interventions are unimaginable to most folks. I'll, I'll tell you here, and I doubt that you're going to share this, but um, you know, there's a procedure called the thoracotomy, which involves um, quite literally making an incision to open up the chest, taking rib retractors, um, separating the ribs, um, clamping the aorta, the large artery that leads from the heart, and then using their hands to manually pump the heart because the heart is so low on blood volume that they're now having to use their hands to pump blood, whatever blood might be in the heart, to have it go up to the brain um, and to try to stimulate that heart and to wake it up as they're, you know, putting blood back into the body. If you know, I, I know people who've had that procedure simply because they were shot in the leg and they ultimately had to have their chest cracked open. Um, so it's not just whether they live or die, but it's the amount of suffering that would be involved in the treatment and trying to save them. Yes. Um, just by simply tying a, a piece of fabric around an arm. Wow. Um, so yes. This has been a Flashpoint Extra. Flashpoint is KYW News Radio's weekly public affairs show. It airs every weekend on 1060 a.m. on your radio dial. And it comes on at 9.30 p.m. on Saturdays and Sunday morning at 8.30. So you can subscribe to the Flashpoint Podcast for exclusive content like this extra. You can find us on the Radio.com app, the Apple Podcast app, or any podcast flat, uh, platform. All you got to do is search Flash. Point KYW. If there's something in your community that has you hot under the collar, let us know and we'll walk you through the flames. You can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Flashpoint Show. Mine is Cherry Greg. And thank you because you're a part of the Flashpoint fam. So we really appreciate you listening and subscribing to our podcast. We work really hard and we really, really care about the community. So until next time, I'm your host, Cherry Greg. Thanks for listening.